Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Content Director with ACG's Media Group. Today's episode is part of our podcast series about business performance optimization. In the four episodes of the series, we'll look at cybersecurity, information technology, finance, and human capital, and talk about trends in each of those areas and ways to optimize each function. The series is sponsored by RSMUS, a leading audit, tax, and consulting firm focused on the middle market. Each of our episodes will feature an RSM professional talking about their area of expertise and insights from their work with private equity investors and middle market companies. Today, that expert is Malia Mason, Manager of Governance Risk Strategy at RSM, who joins me to talk about cybersecurity. Malia, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to talk about cybersecurity today. So we've had these really interesting past two years where everyone's been working from home. We've been hearing a lot more about ransomware and other cyber threats. Um, So I'm interested as someone who's very close to the space, which developments from the past two years would you say have had the biggest impact on cybersecurity for mid-sized businesses? I would say the biggest impact was definitely the sudden shift to cloud. And with, with the demands of having everybody have to go remote, everybody had to shift to a remote offering, which meant going into the cloud um, pretty rapidly. And a lot of times, because there wasn't the, um, there wasn't the opportunity to properly kind of look at what does that look like, put in the secure architecture, take the time to properly build an infrastructure, it seemed like it was overnight. Overnight, everybody had to shift to the cloud and shift to this remote environment and infrastructure and security ended up being an afterthought because of the need to continue with business operations. And so now we're starting to see that was March of 2020. Now we're starting to see as we're closing out in 2021 and the beginning of 2022, uh, we're starting to see that impact today where there were some things that were missed in that intense uh, you know, need to go remote. Now we're starting to see, oh, okay. Did we have secure architecture in place? Did we completely secure our S3 buckets and AWS? Um, did we close the hole on all of the different services? So we're starting to see that come back. Um, the other thing that we saw was of course the so-called great resignation where we saw one of the biggest shifts in the labor market. And what we see is that break in continuity of experienced professionals. If you have one person who has managed your IT infrastructure for 10 years and suddenly they leave, that's an incredible gap to fill. And that's what we saw across the board, um, you know, across all industries. We also saw the, the desperate need for more IT professionals, cybersecurity professionals, and experienced professionals to deal with the you know sudden transition to this technology and there just aren't that many out there we've had that gap that so-called talent pipeline in the cybersecurity industry that has been an issue for many many years now all of a sudden it was a perfect storm now everybody's being impacted by that with the rise in threat actors taking advantage of um, you know lack of infrastructure or aging or older infrastructure, insecure infrastructure, lack of people. And here we see ransomware attacks up 400% over 
over the last year. So all of this kind of con converging on a perfect storm where the last two years have kept us very busy in the cybersecurity field. Um, and we're finishing out the year with one of the largest vulnerabilities in history that is uh, affecting just about every application on the internet um, and keeping our incident responders very, very busy. So that's been a wild couple of years. Yeah, say more about, about that event. What, what happened and what kind of threats does that pose to middle market companies? Yeah, Log4Shell. So that was something that came out of nowhere, also known as Log4J or Log4Jam. Um, it's affecting specifically logging within, within Java, which is an open source platform and it's used in just about every application. And we're seeing where even Apple is vulnerable to this. You have all of your major companies. It's, it's pervasive throughout so many applications. And it's, it's an attack that's also ever evolving. Um, there's been several patches that have been released so far and the threat actors are already taking advantage. We see already active exploits um, we see Conti ransomware, I saw just came up, they're taking advantage of this. Um, it was confirmed that this is wormable, so we're on the lookout for that. So this is something where it is all hands on deck. Um, a lot of my colleagues and friends in the industry have been tirelessly working to combat this and we'll, we'll continue to see this. We think that this will continue into 2022 and hopefully, hopefully not beyond that. And hopefully we have enough resources in order to combat it. And that's where I see the biggest challenge with the middle market is if you don't have eyes on your environment right now in order to search for this thing, then that puts you at severe risk. Can you watch out for this in addition to everything else that you have to watch out for when it comes to cybersecurity? That's gonna be one of the biggest challenges um, going into the new year. And a challenge that we have faced throughout the years is getting eyes on everything in your environment um, and being able to have eyes on all alerts as they come in as to potential threats. And that'll continue to, to be a real challenge when it comes to middle market, especially, um, but all, all markets and all industries. Okay, we've had this major cyber event, it sounds like. Um, you mentioned earlier the great resignation and this big shakeup in the labor market and the need to be able to track these types of, of threats and, and keep an eye on the security infrastructure. So how are how are companies doing this today? You know, what what can mm -hmm. they be doing to bridge the gap when it sounds like they, they probably don't have the right roles filled necessarily at this point in time? Right. And that's where we've seen the rise of third-party vendors and managed service providers, um, RSM. We had our own RSM defense that was launched this year. And that's where you have what's considered like a, a managed SOC or a managed security operations center. And that's where you have dedicated team of incident responders who are monitoring for when these alerts come in and say, oh, are we suddenly having a denial of service attack on our firewall? Okay, well then you have the external services who are monitoring for that and then they can alert. Then that frees up your internal people if you don't have enough people, if you're a smaller business, um, or again, if you just can't have the talent, outsource it 
And then that way they will alert and they have eyes on the ball and they have a bigger team. So these managed service providers are able to have enough people who have visibility. So that's something that I've seen a lot of, a lot of my clients have shifted to. Um, and I've seen, uh, you know, just a lot of rise of this so-called managed service, sometimes called an MSSP, so managed cybersecurity service provider. Um, and that has been one of the biggest things that's helped a lot of businesses from 2020, 2021. And I, I see that continuing the trend in 2022 as cybersecurity becomes critical to business operations. Mm-hmm. And how did some of the challenges we've been talking about, um, you know, related to the renewed ransom attacks, the the major threat you mentioned, the resi- the great resignation and the talent shortage, um, what impact do these have in on mergers and acquisitions? A lot of our listeners are coming from the M&A world. So can you mm-hmm. speak to, you know, how this stands to impact M&A activity? So interestingly enough, the SEC and the FBI issued an alert last year, I think it was around October, that threat actors are specifically targeting uh, SPAC IPO and mergers and acquisitions and the any any companies that are in that in that final stages of either going public or being acquired. And threat actors are actually targeting these companies in particular because they want financial data. They want to influence the stock price. They want to influence, um, you know, what that company is going to be purchased for. And I've actually seen on the private equity side where, yes, they're now very concerned. Not only can the company generate revenue, but is the company that they're going to take on or acquire going to be a cybersecurity risk? Will the company uh, suffer a potential breach or a potential ransomware attack before they can even acquire them? Because then they'll have to handle the aftermath and the cleanup after a breach or ransomware attack. And that's very costly. So this is something that that's one of the biggest shifts that I saw last year when it comes to venture capital, private equity, mergers and acquisitions is now cybersecurity has taken a very significant role alongside all of the other factors. And actually the SEC added to its requirements for a company going public that cybersecurity need. So that is a new new development as well. Um, And that's actually something I've led here at RSM is that preparation for uh, IPO or or acquisition from the cybersecurity standpoint. Are you prepared to meet all of the regulations? Are you prepared to go public with your your current infrastructure and how secure is it right now? Hmm. And then what about after the transaction? You know, what are some things that the buyer, you know, should do in order to optimize the asset they just bought and, you know, what things they should focus on from a cyber perspective. One thing they should take a look at is do, do, you know, an overall security assessment. Um, you could just do a, a simple gap analysis and just see where they stand. Where's a new company? Um, Cause the biggest thing that I talked about earlier is continuity. Um, a lot of times in the cybersecurity industry, we call it business continuity. Um, think about it. If you have an acquisition and remember that IT person that's been there for 10 years, maybe they don't like that merger. Maybe they don't like that acquisition. Maybe they're not happy about this new purchase. If they leave, that's a big deal. So focusing on your people, 
and seeing, okay, identify who are the key individuals for infrastructure, for cybersecurity, for the technology aspect, and what can you do to make sure either they stay or you have a proper transfer of knowledge and you're able to replace those individuals because as soon as the, you know, right before the merger and acquisition, uh, right before IPO, and then right after are some of the most critical times. And that's where the companies are most vulnerable because of that, you know, high stress, anxiety, uh, transition time that companies on both sides should absolutely do what they can to try to make their people feel comfortable. Um, I've personally been through several mergers and acquisitions and, you know, the lack of transparency it leaves you wondering, oh, do I have a job? What's going on? Um, you know, what does the new company want? We don't know. And it can cause a lot of distress. So making sure that your people feel comfortable and they feel like they have a place in the new environment. And again, identifying who are those key critical individuals and making sure that they're either happy to stay or you can quickly get all of the knowledge that they have and make sure that you have somebody to replace them very quickly. You don't want to drop the ball when it comes to uh, maintaining infrastructure, patching, um, you know, getting eyes on your assets, incident response, et cetera. Um, don't let your guard down. So that's what I'd recommend initially. Then find out, okay, if the company, maybe the company didn't have all the resources that they had, maybe they didn't have a cybersecurity program, that's where that gap analysis can come into play. You can see where are the gaps. And then start to fill in those gaps, start to protect the, the perimeter of the company and make sure that you have protection. Like I said, that's the, that's one of the most vulnerable pieces um, or times with the company is right after that IPO, right after that acquisition and right before. And what have you seen work in terms of getting the rest of the organization on board with cybersecurity priorities. I know that, you know, certainly within the cyber function, those professionals recognize the importance of that, but to the rest of the company, it, you know, it's kind of viewed as the, the no fun police. I think we'll put it <laughs> that way in our prep call. Um, so how, how can you go about building a, a culture around cybersecurity? That is the million dollar question. Um, that is something that the entire cybersecurity industry, frankly, struggles with. Um, I believe it comes from the top down. Leadership has to really care and understand about cybersecurity. They have to make it a priority. Um, it, cybersecurity shouldn't be an afterthought. It shouldn't be a, oh, no, we have to comply with this particular regulation. Um, that's only one piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, for, for compliance, compliance is a great way to start. However, that only looks at certain aspects. So for instance, like PCI, only the aspects or only the assets that are in scope for PCI are looked at. Well, what about your other assets? They're still vulnerable. You need to look at the entire picture. So making sure that the executive board and everybody at the top are all on board when it comes to cybersecurity and they understand the need for it and that also means that we need to have good communication from IT infrastructure, from cybersecurity to the executive board. So making sure that those conversations are happening. Um, a lot of the times metrics and reporting that can go a long way 
in trying to translate some of these complicated issues from cybersecurity. Yeah, we well, we joke, you know, we're we're considered the no fun police, but we have to explain why. Why are we doing this? Um, what is the purpose of doing these phishing exercises that may seem tedious? What's the purpose of taking away local admin access from developers? Um, you know, why are we making lives more challenging? So that's where we have to have that clear and transparent communication. And metrics and reporting could really help and go a long way and say, hey, here's the value of your security team. Um, you may not hear from us very often. That's a good thing. Here's why. Here are the threats that we're responding to. Here are the incidents that we have uh, been alerted to and we've prevented. Here's the, the patching that we're putting in place. Here are the improvements that we're making to the business. This is how this is a good return on investment in you investing in us because here's how we're, we're, we're protecting the business um, and giving real examples from the world and say, hey, look, there's this other company that looks very similar to ours. They had a big ransomware attack. Here was the fallout. Here's the business loss. Here's the revenue loss. We don't want to look like that. We don't want to have that happen to us. So, okay, what do we do to make sure that we're protected against that? And that can help kind of drive home um, to folks who are not technical and kind of understand what are the potential risks. Um, one of the big things that we saw in the last year and a half was cybersecurity insurance. It's getting really hard to get cyber cybersecurity insurance nowadays. Premiums are way up. Um, we saw a drastic rise there. And also we see cybersecurity insurance companies are getting really strict at the requirements for coverage. So they're asking things like, do you have multi-factor authentication everywhere? Do you have a vendor risk management program? Do you have a threat intel program? They're getting down into the details and they will drill down and verify that you have all this. I had one, one client where they, they, had a, they had an attack and they went to their insurance company um, for coverage and they said, oh, okay, well, it's said in your, in your attestation that you have antivirus everywhere. We're going to verify that. They found one laptop without antivirus on it. They denied them coverage because of the wording that they had where they said, yes, we say that we have antivirus everywhere. This was on a test laptop. This was in an IT test laptop, just hanging out, wasn't doing anything, but because it didn't have antivirus on it, they were denied coverage. So that's the kind of issues that we're seeing now. And that's where I saw massive rise this year. Vast majority of my clients were actually dropped from their insurance because they got really strict, especially after solar winds. And they said, nope, you companies, you have to do your due diligence. We're not going to insure you if you don't have a secure infrastructure, if you don't do um, you know, so-called reasonable security or do your due diligence, uh, we're not going to cover you. Uh, Barclays just came out and said that they will not cover cybersecurity at all. So we're going to continue to see this as an issue going forward. Um, and it's going to get stricter and stricter and a lot harder. And that's unfortunate for the middle market because the premiums are getting very high. So I worry what happens when the price to pay the premium outweighs the return on investment on the coverage if they're not going to cover everything. So one of my personal fears going into 2022 and beyond is, are we going to see companies going without cybersecurity insurance? 
that's a distinct possibility given what we're seeing on the insurance side. I guess against this backdrop, are you seeing companies start to allocate more of their budget dollars towards cybersecurity spending in order to, you know, have the cyber hygiene that's necessary in order to qualify for insurance or to, you know, protect yourself against a potential threat? Um, statistically, no. So the, the statistics show that on average, cybersecurity budget is still maximum 8% of the IT budget. And already we know that the IT budget is not as big as it should be. So we're seeing that out of the IT budget, that, you know, 8% of that is carved out for security. So that's still an issue. That's still the trend across all industries, across all companies. Now, of course, the bigger companies, they have finally separated out, um, you know, where cybersecurity might have their own budget. IT has their own budget. I feel like that's the better way to handle things is, you know, dedicate resources. Because a lot of times when you carve out a budget out of another budget, then it becomes kind of breeds almost resentment where, you know, your IT folks should be, as a cybersecurity engineer, your IT counterparts should be partners. They're going to help you with the patching. They're going to help you maintain that infrastructure. So it shouldn't be a fight for resources between the two. It should be a totally separate budget. Um, but we're still not seeing that drastic, you know, increase in budget and that prioritization. It's still when I talk with clients, when I talk with my, my friends and colleagues in the industry, uh, cybersecurity is still considered a cost center. They're still not considered a critical piece to the business. And I think once, once you bridge that gap between the executive board, the non-technical executive board and your technology folks, then we're going to start to see some good improvements and see cybersecurity and IT infrastructure as an investment, not necessarily a sunken cost. And that's where that piece needs to change. And that's why I said earlier, uh, for cybersecurity, it needs to be pervasive throughout the company. You need to have a culture of cybersecurity, and that needs to come from the top. And do you see any differences across industries in terms of the attitudes towards cyber? Um, to an extent, uh, a lot of times I see that driven from a compliance piece. So for the government sector, of course, they, they're very much driven by, you know, are, do you have these multitude of, um, compliance regulations? Um, do you adhere to all these different standards? Uh, cause literally the government will not deal business with you unless you adhere to these things. And as we know, working with the government, uh, those contracts are particularly lucrative. Other than that, um, in the private industry, or when it comes to issues with, with privacy, the fines are not as high as they should be. So it's not, it's not creating a good enough incentive to kind of drive those changes. Mm -hmm. um, now, compliance does help. It does absolutely have a role. Um, and being a part of that, that does drive security to an extent. Um, but it's, it's challenging. I'd say the government and the financial industries are probably two of the strictest, um, then followed by healthcare, 
because they are tied directly healthcare with HIPAA, um, the financial industry, SOCs, PCI, SOC2, et cetera, um, they are directly tied to these very strict compliance regulations. The other industries, not as much. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on the data that they're gathering. I have one last question for you, Malia, before I let you go, which is, you know, as we look at the coming year, are there trends within the cybersecurity arena that you expect to really impact businesses in 2022 that investors or operators should be aware of? I'd say cloud will continue to reign king as more and more companies are shifting from um, having what we call on-prem or on-premises data centers and shifting to the cloud. Um, Clouds ended up ending up being cheaper and it's easier to maintain. So we're going to continue to see this, this move to the cloud. Um, We're continuing to see the absolute need for application security um, as more and more companies are going to um, SaaS type software as a service. Um, And we're going to continue to see this great shortage of cybersecurity people Um, specifically experienced cybersecurity people. Um, And we're going to continue to see that impact uh, likely for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, Add to that the insane rise of threat actors and ransomware attacks um, and massive critical vulnerabilities that have hit this year in 2021 and 2020. And we're, we're in for 2022 probably still being a pretty rocky year. My hope is that, you know, we we can take the lessons learned and everything that we've seen in the last two years. And hopefully, you know, companies will finally be on board and say, yes, we need to invest in this. Let's update our aging and older IT infrastructure. Let's invest in cybersecurity. Um, You know, let's, let's start to care about these things. um, And, Hopefully we can try to get ahead of the, the threat actors in the new year. It'd be my, my holiday wish. And uh, I'll, hopefully it'll be granted in the new year. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there on an optimistic note. Malia, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Everybody be safe out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, please give us a rating and write a review. It really does go a long way in helping other listeners find out about us. This podcast is produced by the Association for Corporate Growth, the largest membership association for middle market M&A and corporate growth professionals. We host networking events across the world. We publish magazines and special reports and much, much more. Learn more about the benefits of membership at acg.org and consider joining us as a member. Last thing, if there is a topic you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, a guest you think would be great, or even if you just have some general feedback you want to share, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a note to editor at acg.org. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 